Kingley. More than this hard ridden from Sky Darcy and Mother Earth. Salios away from the rail. Leads a length and a half. Lucky Express. Golden 60s looking for room. Vendergaard's to his inside. Vincent gets him out now. And here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60. They roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios. Running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60. The locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house. Fortress Golden 60. He beat more than this. Oh, it's one of the great race calls uh, from Mark Mack. This was back in 2021 where Golden 60 took out the Hong Kong Mile. Fortress Golden 60, unreal call. I uh, thought I'd play on with that just because uh, going around this weekend is uh, Golden 60 once again. Last night they had uh, the Jockey Series where, well done, Rachel King. She finished in third place behind Zach Purton and Vincent Ho. She had a winner on Oversubscribed at about $10 in the first leg of it, which was really unreal to see her um, get over there and get a W. It was really cool. Uh, my name is Zach. This is Give Us a Spell podcast. Uh, today we are going to be covering the big news, which was Rose Hill. I'm not going to get too much into it now. I'm going to get the boys' thoughts on that. That came absolutely out of the blue for me. I'm wondering if it did for the other boys. Uh, and what is it? The middle of December, and we have a $2 million race going around in Sydney this weekend, the Ingham uh, Ballarat Cup. Northerly, obviously, happening over in Perth. Kohai is going to be over there once again. Uh, Big race over there. Um, Zaki, very short favourite. Prince of Boom is going around again. I know that a lot of people and um, listeners have a bit of a soft spot for this horse. And it was quite bizarre last start, uh, finishing last and getting pulled up. But apparently has come through perfect and is going around as favourite. $4 favourite, mind you, in the uh, Bribey Handicap this weekend. And then we go to Chartin for Saturday in uh, International Race Day, which would be very, very, very cool. All right, if you are listening on Spotify, it'd be awesome if you could just pause and give us five stars. It does wonders for us. And likewise, if you listen on Apple, uh, you can can write us a review or five stars or something. It's very helpful. Um, We're going to get speak to the boys. Tommy, did you have any inkling of this Rose Hill news or did it just come out of the blue for you as well? Complete surprise. I think um, we got sent in the group chat. Last night um, by Alex, and it, yeah, I don't think any of us believed it. I, I sent it around to a few other people, and I was talking to a few people, and no one no one saw it coming. We all thought it was a bit of a joke, and it was Chris O'Keefe from Channel 9 that, that broke it, and everyone's like, oh, that's a pretty reasonable source. So, yeah, and then just everyone reading about it today, it's um, shocked everyone. I think there's full-on merit to it, um, doing the research. I, I thought it might be just maybe a thing that might happen like as we've heard with Canterbury over the years but Canterbury was rumoured to go for half a billion and this is a five billion dollar deal so um pretty hectic pretty hectic stuff but um lots to come out surely a lot of water coming under the bridge before it actually happens but yeah interesting yeah so obviously you boys would have a fair bit of chat throughout the day working at Sky and stuff but Coe what about yourself this is a bit of a shock I think to some and I think everyone was like up in arms and stuff but a few other I guess infos come out uh, throughout the day of how they expect it to work and what's expected and what the other tracks will happen and would, would they relocate Rose Hill and whatnot. but then you got the likes of John Tapp and Gay Waterhouse and stuff just devastated and think it's a bad idea so what are your thoughts? I can totally get why they've sold out I mean, $5 billion, that's that's a lot of money. <laughs> Goes without saying, really. But, um, yeah, it is a bit of a shame. And 
Uh, I think I think what's going to be the most interesting is I know it's five years away, but five years I reckon that'll just happen in the blink of an eye. So they'll need to start wriggling on with it, all the redevelopments and you know um, refurbishments that's going to happen he, between today and five years from now. Because if it's not completed in that time period, and there is a lot of work to be done, I mean, there's talks of knocking down the whole Warwick farm grandstand which will finally happen because that that thing is extremely run down and like the facilities at canterbury improving and new tracks and this and the other i mean if if that's not ready in five years time randwick is going to get an absolute turfing a walloping i'd have to think all these feature races having to be randwick will be like the ascot during summer like all the spring into autumn essentially they just run six months of the year and that'll be I kind of feel sorry for the track stuff. <laughs> um, that'll be that's a hell of a lot of work, and I mean, there's plenty plenty more to come. Obviously, obviously, the relocation of Rose Hill Horsley Park's obviously been thrown up with you know the big facilities out there and the big block of land. But I mean, that's a pretty barren patch of ground, and to redevelop that in five years could even be a stretch. You know, to be a world class racetrack. And I mean, relocating, I mean, I think we had a chat at work that there's, you wouldn't believe it, but there's only what, I think they said six or seven trainers are only based out at Rosehill. And that purely is due to how many horses Waller has, right? So what does Waller do with those, I don't know, let's say 200 to 300 horses that he has in work at Rosehill with all those boxes, if, you know, during that kind of, transition period you know like i mean luckily for him he does have satellite stables everywhere and i'm sure he could buy his own property and be be fine but the revenue stream and the luxury of rose hill being you know our mainstay in the west is coming to an end and there's a, a lot to think about and i think it w could potentially change the dynamics of sydney racing and I guess, yeah, as Tommy said, there's plenty of water to go under the bridge. And I don't know, I'd, I'd say watch this space because at the end of the day, I mean, luckily for us, I guess it's just Rose Hill, but you have to remember, Randwick's on crown ground as well. So who's to say that Randwick couldn't go under I, the hammer? Oh, yeah, I did see a question asked today, Kelly, um, to someone about, Ran weekend if it was ever a possibility because I think we all thought Canterbury and we never expect Rose Hill but even Ranwick was probably more expected because just the region it's in and they're, yeah. they're shortening the golf course there as well and that's just prime real estate but they were pretty emphatic with the response that Ranwick's a world class joint but yeah it's it's all about future future proofing they they keep saying future proofing um in everything today and that's definitely it Get, getting money in the bank and the atc will own the land after the places are built too so it's going to be it's not just money but probably more continued revenue stream coming in from there but also send them up big and what racing new south wales has done really well recently is acquiring property and acquiring um assets things like cessnock scone and a few other racetracks um, and and different clubs and stuff to have have those assets and being able to build bigger things there so they can have more money coming in. Even things like Bong Bong, the place that Kieran Ma is yeah. from in. Yeah, so all that money's coming back into it and 
they've got all these um, putting state-of-the-art facilities there if they do send it all and and really setting up racing to go in the future because the biggest the biggest problems in Sydney at the moment are the roads and the housing crisis and this does solve one but also it it helps them set up so they're not left left in a bad position going forward because they have the money to support yeah one less stand but uh racetrack but maybe they'll move out west and 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 easier to maintain going forward mm. well and at the end of the day i mean the the point of the point of the matter is that atc were bleeding cash even last year as recent as last year so the fact that they can stem the bleeding so to speak by making this big sale the longevity is there now for the atc they will be around they won't go defunct they won't fold over they won't get bought out by your your bigger conglomerates which could have potentially been uh, an idea that was thrown around to get them out of the strife um otherwise i guess racing new south wales would have chipped in and everything else but now they can stand on their own two feet and i guess onwards and upwards as a yeah. association you look at them in the last couple of years since that wing stance been built as well it's you've had um daily ends you've had all sorts of different things we've had christmas parties out there but like even rose hill had like camping events and big big other events so it's all about setting up like it's not just a racetrack but other things can be done there i know like future festivals and stuff at ramwick but even if they built the um put some infrastructure in the middle of ramwick too to set it up for other things as well you've got this big place in the middle of sydney that um you can use and look there's a lot of sense to it but there, there's a lot of history to rose hill and i can understand why people are upset i know gay's comments were pretty pretty massive but she does she's not looking for houses at the moment she's not um struggling to place horses she's not doing a lot of things that a lot of people are struggling so it's bit of a catch-22 to borrow an old adage look I, I yeah i'm massive fan of rose hill i've i've grown up with going to the races there seeing so many things there. there's so much history family want a golden slipper there it's just like golden slipper golden golden rose has become a thing golden eagle like all these big things are gonna have to move and it's it's gonna be massive all that history just sort of van- vanquishing and um yeah, I can I can understand why people are really upset by it. Yeah, so Gay obviously she said something like, "I think it's the saddest decision they've ever made. I don't think they've thought it through." John Tapp said it was like pulling uh, the Coliseum out of Rome. But I'm going to pull out a part a little bit of from their press release. So for anyone that hasn't really known the whole story, so the Turf Club will invest up to five billion into racing. At least twenty five thousand homes will be built at Rose Hill Gardens, adjacent to a new metro station, which is also pretty big with revenue used to enhance the ATC's race courses. Uh, like Tommy said, this future-proofs Sydney racing for a century to come. It will cement Sydney racing at its best, most modern and financially secure jurisdiction anywhere in the world. So what they're proposing, uh, a new training centre of excellence at Horsley Park alongside the Sydney International Equestrian Centre. So that could be the new Rose Hill. Um, several sites across Sydney will be earmarked and investigated for a new world-class race course. Warwick Farm will be developed with a new world-class track and a full rebuild of training, stabling and spectator facilities. 
Uh, Canterbury as well, increasing the size of the track and circumference of the course proper in addition to new spectator facilities and rebuild and expand the total number of stables and training infrastructure at Royal Ramwick. So I think when when you think of 5 billion, you don't really actually like comprehend how much coin that actually is so they could do all this and still have a stack of cash in the bank and i think sydney racing would just be the top of the top so look i get it people are going to be upset about rose hill but seems pretty smart and what we didn't you say something before Tommy? you said you'll listen to michael felgate or something and how, how how's it got to get approved something about 51 percent of members or something yeah so like they as you sort of mentioned the opener like it's it's been very quiet. Like, no, this didn't break or anything, and which was really odd. But yeah, it wasn't leaked. Men- yeah, exactly. Like, it, it caught everyone off um, a bit of surprise, and they haven't even told their members. So you're you're honestly getting your members offside already, and they they need fifty one percent of the vote for this to happen. Like, if you're paying your membership or whatever, uh, your ATC membership thinking I'm going to Rose Hill every week because I live across the road or whatever, you're not going to go, oh, yeah, I'll keep paying that to go out to Hoxley Park or travel all the way to Randwick or go to Warwick Farm or whatever it might be. So they they do need the support there. And, yeah, there's still surely, like, plenty of um, plenty of uh, creases to be ironed out too. Yeah, yeah. Plenty to hear, plenty to come, so we'll leave it there, but uh, it's going to be pretty interesting what happens there. I'd be devil if it was Ramwick. I love Ramwick. Um, right, we're going to talk on a bit of this Shatin action or Hong Kong racing action, and then we're getting into a couple of feature races. Pretty short podcast tonight, but uh, last night, Rachel King did really well. She won on uh, Oversubscribed, and that was the first leg of the Jockeys Championship last night. So she won, I think it was race four or whatever. $10, it was pretty good. Really good win. And she ended up finishing third behind Zach and Vincent Ho. So really cool to see Rachel salute there. Um, Coey, did you have any wages last night? I know you boys had a bit of a Christmas party, but uh, did you sneak any in? No bets placed yesterday. It was just the beers. And uh, by the time that I think I saw a race, it would have been past midnight, I reckon. So... I think there would have been like two races remaining and I don't know, I was too busy going to the bar to be absolutely honest. Fair enough. Um, really cool though, seeing Rachel um, get over there and get a W though. Yeah, 100%. And she's she's actually had a little bit of Hong Kong success. I mean, she's been riding well, in, more internationally speaking, and uh, I love it that she's donning the Australian flag. So just the fact that, I mean, I think it was earlier this year, she was second in an international jockeys challenge in Japan, if I recall. Couple, oh, maybe a couple months ago only. But, yeah, regardless, she's flying, doing great for the, us. And the Pommy girl representing Australia as opposed to the Australian jockey representing Hong Kong or yeah. McDonald with New Zealand, even though he's Australia's top jockey. Yeah, and Purton doing and Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Classic Purton. I mean, saying that, I think you can only have X amount of representation. And I think it's up to the – I don't actually know how it works for Purton. Personally, I don't know if that means he gets to choose or if the club chooses him and then he elects to choose, if that makes sense. I don't know if... I think it's I a good, bus- prob- good business decision going for writing for Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you'd be um, getting the votes if that would be the case. So yeah. I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, this weekend on Sunday, which is going to be a cracking day racing, Hong Kong Sprint, you got the Vars, you got the Mile and the Cup. 
some really, really stars going around. Unfortunately, Golden 60's drawn bloody 14 of 14 in the mile, uh, which is a bit disappointing. So the likes of uh, California Spangle is going to be there as well. Beauty Eternal, Beauty Joy, Limbs Kosciuszko, all these horses. So... Uh, Annoying, because I'm a big Golden 60 fan. I even played on today with it, with uh, Max Corway Fortress Golden 60. Um, annoying. Barrier 14. Tommy, what do you make of these um, races on the weekend? Are you big on to these big um, Group 1 days at Chartin? I don't do too much form on it until I'm sort of watching it there. So I, I just especially like um, if you've been with Tab, you can't lock in that futures price. So like often wait to see what the market's doing later yeah really getting into it later but um like it's such a big weekend i know a lot of a lot of uh people at sky have uh, made the junket across so i i wasn't uh, lucky I enough that. to be a part of that which would have would have been nice but um no it, it looks amazing gotta go one week um one year for sure but um yeah golden 60 it's yeah the draw's definitely going to be a bit tricky but very keen to see it. Some really good horses going around on that. Not a, not enough Aussies. There, there weren't any um, that ended up accepting. But, um, yeah, very interesting to, to look on. There was quite a few Sky people getting the junket over there. I tuned into Big Sports Breakfast. I think it starts at 5.30. I was listening, and I think it was 2.30 there for Dave Stanley and... Um and what's his name, Laurie Daly, which was pretty funny. So, big one there. But what about you, Coe? Do you like these big days over there? I mean, nothing like this... The beauty about Hong Kong is it brings so many horses from across so many oceans and seas to a centralised location, and everyone gets rewarded in the sense that they get the world-class treatment, the red carpet's rolled out, and it just sounds like an absolute humdinger of a meeting to be at. Like Just the fact that there is such strong representation from Europe, Japan. Unfortunately, there isn't any Aussies, I think. We have had Aussies in the past, like Annabelle sent two horses, I think, last year and so forth. But um, it doesn't stop there. Obviously, David Hayes is training over there. So he's kind of our like token Aussie trainer, along with Mark Newnham. And we'll be cheering them on as well. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a big race day. I'll be definitely tuning into the coverage. And there'll be a couple of horses that I'll definitely be earmarking to see how they perform. Because I think. Once you're proven to travel and uh, you know run really well in a couple of these meetings or in these races, uh, I think you can earmark yourself to travel Australia in the spring or the autumn, go to a Breeders in America, go to Japan for whatever, and stay in Europe for their big carnival as well. So I- I'd say we're in for an exciting time. I'm excited to see a couple of horses. Let's get on with it. And yeah. Can't wait for Sunday. It's going to be pretty uh, hard, I think, for Romantic Warrior backing up and going into the Hong Kong Cup, but that'll be a really good one to watch. Yeah, Kraken Racing, if you're doing anything Sunday, be sure to be tuning into that. So we're going to have a look at a couple of races. Actually, how was Perth last weekend, Coe? You were there and then you're flying again again this weekend, but how was it over there? Boiling? Uh, No, it was actually really, really nice. (laughs) The the, the Friday when I landed, it was extremely warm i think it was 34 or 35 when i landed on friday and but saying that it's a different kind of heat over there so it's kind of like if you're in the shade it's kind of sweet you you know it's warm but it's like bearable totally bearable and especially if you're accompanied by a cold beverage so that's perfectly fine and the race day itself i think it was about 30 degrees 31 degrees and the setup over there is perfect and yeah you stay hydrated and then 
I think pretty much, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock, a Fremantle doctor comes in, the westerly hits and it's the perfect weather day, you know, like the sky's blue, it's breezy, it's not hot, but it's warm. Yeah, it's, it's just a perfect day. What about the Perth guy bringing out the Fremantle doctor? You're a local. Oh, yeah, mate. Oh, you got it. You hear about it and you experience and you go, oh, I might as well use it. Yeah, every afternoon. It's so good. Um, yeah. All right. We, we, let's start with Ingham. We'll go Ingham uh, northerly and we'll go over a couple of the feature races around Australia. We're not going to go the whole cards or anything, but I'm going to talk about the Ingham just because it's surprising to see $2 million race in what is it, middle of bloody uh, December. So this is worth $2 million. Bucks. It's over a mile. Detonated Jack is the favorite. It's Four dollars forty, a bit of a drift from three seventy. Jay Collett gets the ride for Maran Eustace, drawn wide fourteen. Osipenko drawn even wider is eight dollars. Timmy Clark aboard. Lions Roars had some support. It is eight fifty in from thirteen. Surprisingly, if not thirty one dollars into eleven is Valana. Uh, Hippo gets a ride. Big one uh, for Godolphin. Rustic Steel's there at 12s. Obviously didn't get the win the other week or last week when we both liked it. We all three of us liked it. I think it ran a place, but uh, 12 bucks out to 14 for a tractable. Waterford's there, 15. Surely drew a win. Cepheus is there at 16s. Foxy Cleopatra, no jock. It's a pretty big field. Um, Tommy, who are you with in this one, mate? There's um, Detonated Jacks supported. Bit of a drift, but drawn very wide. What do you reckon? Yeah, great, great race, and formerly known as the Villiers, of course, and it also gets you a ticket into the Doncaster as well. Big field, big field, um, 20 with four emergencies, and Foxy Cleopatra in an earlier race as well, fourth emergency, looks like it's going to Melbourne. Uh, Natalie Young said on radio this morning, so take out Foxy. Detonated Jack was massive in the gong. It um, finally put everything together and put the blinkers on and uh, looked to do the trick, so... Right, right favourite, and Osipango was really disappointing, drawn a terrible gate, but it is back to Randwick, and $8 is very juicy, and you might have, I don't know if you're going to get more, but $8 is really juicy for Osipango, so starting to lean that way. Um, look, I can make a case for a few others too, because there's not a lot of speed. Uh, there's been a bit of money for Lions Raw, um, hearing Anthony Manton speaking with the tab, saying there's a fair bit of money Four lines raw, but again, just not enough speed, I think, um, which draws me to a tractable. It's just drawn um, drawn in at three, not a lot of speed, a tractable hits the front, and what a win. What a win in the big dance it was. Little fresh and had a tick over trial. Um, I, I think $14 is worth a bit of a play. And the other one as well, Communists. I talked about it in the gong and then just ridden right on the fence, which you didn't want to be on the day at all. There's been a bit of money. I think I I saw 31s earlier today. Rachel King on now into 26s. I, th- I still think the horse is going um, well. It was just complete wrong part of the track the other day. So something on communist. But I think it's a really good field. But um, a few ways you could go. Communist was even 41 when it opened. You're getting eight bucks a place. Coey, thoughts? Any any, any idea of Valana's big move? Um, I've been following Valana all prep, so I feel like I shouldn't jump off. I think fifth up. Was it your money? Rock hard. No, not all of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm happy to follow again because I'll be sick in the stomach if I miss. But I don't think it's the best chance here. I do like that hippo jumps on. It's probably going to jump a bit more forward. I know that. Off the top of my head, Waterford gets the blinkers, so that does probably mean that it will be map positive. Probably sit, you know, in the front third of the field, which gives it, well, I mean, its best chance 
from that whitish draw. But I'm kind of leaning towards um, what was I thinking? I'm just thinking out loud at the moment. Um, I think Rustic Steel backing up on the short backup from last week, barrier one, back to the mile. It's got a, if, if I recall, it's got a really good track and distance record. So I am slightly surprised to be at the 12 bucks, I think it is now. I think there was a slight drift. So a little bit surprised about that. But I'm happy to entertain. I just think, yeah, I mean, it's never been to a real strong group two like this, but the map looks really good. It's got the fence. It'll probably sit leaders back. Perfect run in transit. I think the rail back in the true position at Randwick means the track should play fair. So I think the economical run will be advantageous. And like Tommy said, there is not a whole lot of speed here. So if it can be a length and a half, two lengths behind the likes of Attractable and those that are up front, I think it's definitely a horse that will get a cushy run and launch late. So I think, yeah, each way price, I'm kind of leaning towards Rustic Steel for the short backup. Beautiful. Boys liking some at odds. Before I move on, I forgot about this one, Tommy. You made your bet of the weekend Stockman last week. It ends up winning the Christmas Cup uh, at $14. It was on the drift to, I think it was 8 bucks out to 14 That's a pretty ballsy way to go for a best bet, mate. I like it. Most people are around the 3 to $5 mark. You go. Did you load up again once it was on the drift? Yeah, I did. Um, and it was, yeah, it was tense there. I And I never go up with a photo I normally always just assume I've lost but I I really cheered at home and thought I got there and then a bit nervous when the photo was starting to come up but I know I was good and just really good win slightly softer track and I it just improves with any moisture in the ground we're getting a dry and track so it's getting a little bit concerned especially with the drift but um made up a lot of ground and uh saw the stock went old so yeah I was happy happy for that I also i Give myself a little pat on the back. I said, watch out for Brett Robb through the day as well. And I backed one of his horses, Gallant Star, and it got rolled by his other one, Wilbury, at $17. So I don't think I actually tipped Gallant Star. I just said Brett Robb would have a big day. So he had a Quinella in a highway, which is pretty good. But a um, little teaser as well, Zach, at the end of the show, I will have another one uh, around the same price as the best bet. Beautiful. I know that we've got a, a double highway or something this week too, but let's go to, let's do the Ballarat Cup, one of the great races of all time. It's a two thousand. One of the greats. It's, it's brutal, isn't it? Uh, all right. We have a double favourite, uh, both $5. Oh, Foxy Cleopatra as well. Uh, $5 for him. Oh, sorry. And then Ain't No Deal Done as well. $5. So that's the Anthony and Sam Friedman runner. It's won a bunch in a row. I think it's three or four. Declan gets the ride. Uh, did open 480, so it's pretty much bang on what happened. Uh, Foxy Cleopatra, though, she opened 650 into fives. We've got Young Werther there. Danny O'Brien horse, 550. 950 into seven for Just Folk, drawn the inside. A uh, couple of horses I don't really know as well. Oh, Red Sensation is there. Jamie's aboard, 750, and we're down to bigger rods for the rest of them. So, look, I'm not expecting you boys to have uh, delved into this form, but... Coey, what about you? Have you like anything in this race? Have you had a look? I like the fact that Foxy is going down and staying down there. Um, it wasn't on for two races up Sydney way. And I really, I genuinely thought that it was a chance in the, what is called the ATC Cup. I think, I can't remember what the name of it is this year, but I genuinely think that I do like how it's staying down there. It's 
second in the Cranbourne Cup, I think, last start. Was really nice. Came from the back of the field and just launched. I think just the step up in trip. Everything looks to map well. I know the wide barrier might disparage people, but I think it's just going to be a go-back force anyway. Um, so I do like that it's, you know, five bucks thereabouts anyway. So I'll be having a little bit of a go on him. No no knocks on eight. Ain't no deal done. And just folk who had a nice win the other day. But I just think that... Um, Foxy at the low weights, backing up from a, a Cranbourne Cup. I just like it. Lightly raced. I think it's just a, a good bet. Foxy, Willow aboard, drawn to $5. Tommy, you done your Ballarat form? My big Foxy fan. Um, it's just the horse on the rise versus the horse that's been there um, for the carnival at that grade with Ain't No Deal Done. So definitely at that grade. But Foxy shown... Um, isn't too worried. Just getting a win just two seconds in a row. You just really want to see a hopefully improved third up, low weight, should should run really well. So, yeah, I've got to be with Foxy, but interesting to see. Just folks, the other one, um, return the winner's circle last start as well. Bit of money, 9.50 in a sevens as well. Big fan of Just Folk. Um, it's, it's one to watch at a bit of a price, but... No, let's you home, Foxy. All right, Foxy, Cleopatra. Let's head over to Kohai's neck of the woods. We'll go to Ascot and the Northerly Stakes. 1.5 million, 1,800-meter race. And Zaki's very short. Uh, he's drawn 10. J-Mac gets the ride. So J-Mac's doing a lot of flying uh, this week. He's drawn barrier 10. It is $2.50 in from 280. We had Al Safina, Pikey aboard, 750 for Grant and Alana Williams. It is coming off a string of seconds. Must be doing the head in. So hasn't had a white win since um, beginning of the year or something, I assume. So 750. We got a lot of good men at 950. In from 11. A couple of bucks there. Bustler obviously had a really good win last start at Ascot. That's at 11. Zip away is there at 11. Dom to shoot 15. Uh, zoom on, got to keep an eye on Damien Oliver, especially aboard this in uh, one of his last tricks of the trade, 19s. Forgot you, I am one at $11. It is now 23 which makes me feel fantastic, Coey. Um, I guess horses to look out for will be Bustler off that big win. Uh, Al Safina hopefully can break the run of seconds it's had. I think it is a pretty decent horse in the Grand Alana Williams camp. Um, the price is right uh, for both of them, and they're both locals. And I, I'd love to see a local win, uh, a Perth Group One, especially named after the Great Northerly. But it's it's kind of like it's got the feel of the the overpass in the winning bottom last week, where I thought the price was definitely on the unders, but the the form was just so strong. It overpass came out of that Everest form, and you know, running against some of the best sprinters in the world not just even in the country. So looking back, I think Zaki, yes, it's drawn wide, but I think it will – the best bit about Zaki is it's actually drawn inside of Zoomon, I think, which is a big, big plus because I think Zoomon will definitely go forward from that extremely wide barrier and it won't have any choice. So Dolly would have to press forward. So I reckon they'll uh, Zaki will have a nice backside or just outside of the leader to follow – it's a proper weight for age group one horse. Um, you can make so many cases about this horse, but I I know people have been iffy about if the old Zaki is still with this current Zaki. And I think, you know what, like I think in hindsight, it's the best horse in the race. So it's really, really hard to look past, but I'd probably happily play the Quinella 
or the exacta of Zaki with the two locals, Bustler and Al Safina. What about you, Tommy? Are you going to give any love for Forgot You for me? Yeah, well, it's look, it's the one foreign raider. Like it, it was. I was on it uh, for that win, but it's the one of the out of the three. It's not the one with the pace like Zoom on and Zakia, like Kelly mentioned. And you've got um, the local Maricino as well that has a bit of speed. So it's all like overpass last week, where the race was actually lacking a bit of speed and overpass. Um, or Josh Parr just read the race so well, got himself to the right part of the track and absolutely brained him. So there's a, there's a bit more tactics to hear, but McDonald going over to Perth to ride Zaki's, uh, I think that's going to be a big tick. It'll actually be pretty fitting if he wins Ollie's last group one because if anyone's going to chase down Ollie, it's going to be J-Mac um, in the race or um, with the group one record. The only one I really think that might be a bit of a knockout is Asfalina, and that is if they do overdo it with your, your three speed horses. But I wouldn't be shocked if Zaki actually just sits behind the, the two that want to go. I mean, um, Ollie might try and steal it up front with Gaze one, and uh, you might have Zaki and Maricino behind it. But, yeah, it, it's it, it's going to be really interesting. But, I th- yeah, McDonald going to Ascot and then going to Hong Kong straight after. He He's not going over there for nothing. Um, I think he'll go over there. Annabelle was over there last week as well, so uh, almost in a little fact-finding mission for this week. So it's I think it's pretty interesting, but, uh, yeah, I've got to be with Zaki. Yeah, it's going to be bloody hard to beat old Zaki. It's a reason J-Max flying all the way to Perth first. Uh, all right. Or one ride. Or yeah. One ride. It's just crazy. So that speaks volumes, I'd say. Um, all right, another race. I'm just going to talk about it just because we talk about this horse a bit. It's Prince of Boom. It's riding uh, up in Eagle Farm. It's race six. Um, if you remember it, it came, ended up pulling up last, had a slight cardiac arrhythmia, but then Vets went over it. It seemed perfect. So it was a bit bizarre what happened there. This time, though, Michael Rod gets the ride. He is um, obviously a very, very experienced jock, riding really well since he's come back. Martin Harley's jumped off. So drawn 14, though. But there's been money for it. I think it opened a bit higher than what it is now. I think it's $4 now. Uh, drawn 14, though, so it's drawn quite wide. It had a decent trial at Deegan, where it looks pretty good. And yeah, it's going around as favourite this weekend in the Bribey. 1,000 metres, shooting for golds there at fires. We've got Mabel, all that Pizzazz, steady, ready, F troops still there. But I don't know. what Coe, we're back in horses. When you see this sort of thing happen, when they pull up last and then there's they're scratching their head of what happened and then it's getting put up as favourite again, are you a bit weary of jumping in? A little bit, yeah, definitely a little bit. And, I mean, the stewards' reports indicated that there was, a, like you mentioned, a slight cardiac arrhythmia. And you almost just want to see it run again before you back it. I just think that $4 right now, I know that the money's come for it and I, I kind of find it surprising to a certain degree. I think I think the bookmakers, you know, opening it at 4 bucks was crazy. I mean, it is the best horse, but it's giving away a lot of kilos, you know, top to tail. We're talking, what, nine kilos, thereabouts, eight kilos. So... And a couple of these horses aren't slouches, for sure. And the, the pressure's going to be hot from the outset as well. So to see Prince of Boom, as classy of a galloper he is, at $4, I don't know if I could back it. 
$4, barrier 14, on speed horse. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of red flags there in my eyes. So to answer your question, I'd like to see it run. And if it runs well enough, like if it places top three or even top a, a wide run, top four, top five, I'd be thinking, oh, yeah, it's back and it'll progress deep into the summer carnival. But as for this start, I'd be kind of steering clear or precautionary, like tread carefully kind of thing. Yeah. I think that it, uh, I think the dollar seventy five for the place is probably more entertaining than actually taking it on the nose. But even then, I'd be yeah, leave me out of it. I'm kind of going for the our old mate shooting for gold in this race. I think third up, ready to just go bang barrier two. Probably sit behind the speed and. Yeah, I think it'll have every chance as long as the splits come. So it needs a little bit of luck and run, but I think there'll be a lot of tired horses in that last furlong or so for it to just jump out of the ground and win. So I think $5 is the nice price. It's backable. Um, it's been consistent. It's two starts this preparation. I think it is ready to win third up. Yeah, uh, that, that's where I'm leaning anyway. So Prince of Boom, watch. If it drifts, it's definitely a massive watch. And then having shooting to win. To win, Are you in the same shooting thought? for gold. Sorry, shooting for gold. Yeah, you in the same thought process, Tommy. Yeah, I am in the same camp, but it's um, not with shooting a gold. It's F Troop. I think um, F Troop third first up in that race um, really made up ground, flying home late, and drops uh, fifty six to fifty three and a half. And yeah, Tony Gollan's done done wonders. This horse still going um, really strong. So. I, I don't mind F trip around the eight fifty. It's been back twelve dollars in the eight fifty, bit of money there and um good second up form as well for F trip. So I, I don't mind that at all. Uh as for Prince of Room, yeah, Kelly touched on it just saying you want to see it come back after that um query first up, but you are getting four dollars. Like if if it was first up here in this race and didn't have that run, it would be I think be a lot probably three or two dollars fifty. I'd say two, two, yeah, two and a quarter, two yeah, or two fifty. Yeah. yeah. The, the only so. thing, the only thing there is the sixty-one is going to be um, just a bit of bit of a query. I mean, Michael Rod, really good jockey on, but the the thing is, Rob Haycar wouldn't run it unless it it is fit and shown him something. So, look, uh, it might be worth a spec at the four dollars there as well, and back in something. If if you do like shooting the gold, but you're worried about Prince of Boom, as Kelly said, the dollar seventy-five a place. It might be worth backing both, you know, if if you're if you're not surprised that um, Prince of Boom could return, or if you're not sure, maybe back having two bets in the same race. So, um, I think the market's allowing you to do that, which is really interesting. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna have something on F Troop. Okay, F Troop eight dollars fifty, pretty good price. All right, that is the ones we're pretty much focusing on. Uh, Coey, is there anything you've sort of kept your eye on? Roundwick, Eagle Farm, Ascot that you want to just mention before we wrap up? A uh, couple of bests at Eagle Farm. Eagle uh, Farm. We- Eagle Farm, Weagle Tiger. It's very short now, so you'd probably only do it for multis. It's about 210. It's coming off three big wins this preparation, going four on the bounce. I think it's just a really good horse. And progressive on the up. We could see, I don't know what the grand final is going to be, yeah, this preparation, but it's going strength to strength. Definitely can back at two ten. Uh, that's race we'll five. Link, uh, we'll linger free fall. I can't remember which race that's in, but it's coming up from Sydney, from the Lees Yard, and I think it's just 
I think it's just the superior horse in it. I think it's got the same kind of profile as what ran last week. Willinga something up there. I had a bet on it as well. Uh, there was another Chris Lee's Bloodstock Australian Bloodstocks horse that won last week, about three dollars as well. And I think it profiles much the same. It's they've mapped and picked the perfect race for it. I'd see it being pretty close to a good thing. It's race two. It's five fifty into three thirty. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah, the the value bet I think it will be that Ingham Ingham race, and I'm kind of sticking towards an each way with Rustic Steel, with the best being I think it might have been I'm in to win, or was I betting uh, against I'm in to win? Uh, I'm in to win is four dollars. Foxy is nommed for it. Wine Glass Bay is there. Toes on the nose. King of the Castle. Wicklow. Yeah. I think I'm into win will spear across in that race and dictate tempo. And if Foxy comes out, which I think is the strongest horse in that race, it's going to be short after deductions. It's going to be mighty short after deductions, I think. Mm. So uh, I don't know if you bet now or bet later, but I think it's my special for the weekend as well. Okay. Tommy, around the grounds? Mainly just uh, Randwick for me, I think. Um, uh, I think Insurrection in um, the race is sharp. 1200's always been a bit of a query, but Zach Lloyd says it's his favourite horse. He got the win in the Warra there, but I, I do think he can hold um, this field out um, again. Uh, Rapid Ash, I think, is a really horse on the ride. That's put the highway into two races this week, and he's he's got a small highway field, and um, Lyle Chandler, a big fan of the horse. I think Iona Mertz uh, in the last race uh, had... Couple of enormous trials. One start this prep, but was a bit disappointing. But since back to the trials and really, really looked great. And my best bet uh, for the weekend is in race nine in the Jack in- Ingham, and it's Prometo uh, around the thirteen dollars. Another Zach Lloyd runner. Look, it's showed a lot as a two-year-old winning, winning a really big race, and then just seemed to go off the boil for a long time. Uh, even this prep couple of duck eggs, couple of six, not not showing. And then last start, absolutely came from last and really put in a great run and finished the length off Tavi time. And then we went and saw what Tavi time did at Mudgee and absolutely destroyed them. And I thought Prometo, the old Prometo was back there. So just a couple of runs to get fit. I know it's had a couple of injury issues along the way as well. Zach Lloyd on, I think, really great price. Um, Prometo, $13, race nine. Randwick. All right, be silly not to have any money on that. Seeing what happened with Stockman last weekend, Promito, good odds in uh, race number eight. All right, boys, thank you for joining me. It is going to be a cracking weekend. Hopefully, Kohai, you enjoy northerly stakes. It'd be cool to get a photo with one, eh? Damien Oliver, when he wins his last group one. That would be pretty unreal. But uh, hopefully, it's not too hot over there, mate. The Fremantle doctor treats you well. And then the, we roll. The weather, the weather's better over there than over here, by the same thing. Oh, so. they're expecting forty degrees and upwards on Saturday afternoon, which is going to be, or Saturday, whenever it is. But it's going to be pretty brutal. It's a lovely twenty-nine forecasted uh, sunny day in Perth. So I'll take Love it. That. Love that. All right, boys, enjoy. I will talk to you over the weekend. Uh, let's get some winners. See, you, boys. You.